you rented 9,000 square feet just for yourself? Just for content and for me to remain the champ without distraction. Yeah, that's a significant investment. Why'd you need 9,000 square feet though? Like you couldn't- I own a gym equipment company. I wanted every single piece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, couldn't you have just got like, you know, a garage gym and I don't know. Go big or go home, right? I'm you know you. me becoming friends, you'll soon realize that I don't do anything by half measures. <laughs> you know, if I'm, if I'm gonna train, I'm gonna be a bodybuilder. I got my good buddy, Flex Lewis. What's up, man? My man, how are you? It's been a minute, huh? It has been a minute. Last time I saw you, we were flying my first time on a private plane. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And great conversations there. There and back. Yeah, we had a good time. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. I got to see you dance, uh, to pull them dance moves out. We were dancing. Uh, no, no, no. You. I was dancing. <laughs> <laughs> we, we went to this crypto event uh, yeah. for Solana and yeah, we had a blast. It, it was fun. Yeah. It was. First time I had the chance to meet you, of course, outside of what pops up on my feed. Yeah. Great, uh, good, great first impression. And then uh, I ended up joining the lair, dude. You did. The Dragon's Lair flexes gym. Yeah. Tell people what time you train in the morning. Well, then they're going to come. That's <laughs> true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, since the gym opens up at four, then there's, you know. I'm there very early. Uh, no, I, I mean, people could see it on Instagram. I, yeah. I work out there at six and I'm always like, flex, never see you, dude. You sleeping, man? No, I'm awake. I got a two. I got a two month old. Yeah. And uh, sorry, a, a seven year old and and yeah, a couple month old. So yeah. it's it's definitely funny games. Yeah. Well, you know, I got to call out. How many Mr. Olympias have you won? Seven. Seven time Mr. Olympia. Yeah. He's just not working out hard enough, man. It is what it is. <sighs> I'm to be honest, it's the new chapters in life now. So yeah, I'm as I said, I am awake. I am just uh, not speaking English until 10 a.m. Yeah. People probably are like, what the hell is he speaking English right now? <laughs> but uh, we, I normally get to the gym after I draw my daughter off. And, and literally you are piecing out by like, uh, since you've already told me. out at seven, seven. Seven, yeah. Yeah. Walking into your empire. I'm walking into the empire trying to just grow, baby. I can see it, man. Very proud of you. Thank love, you. love seeing what you've created. You know, yeah. this is very evidential now walking in here for the first time. Yep. And seeing what you've created and, and uh, as I've said, off camera, it's very motivating. I appreciate that, bro. Absolutely. So for those who don't know who you are, I've already said you're seven time Mr. Olympia. I remember when we were on the plane, you were telling me your story a little bit about, um, you know, you hired your first mentor when you were like 18 and you're like, I want to work out. Like, how did it go about? Well, with the bodybuilding or on the business side of things? Bodybuilding first, right? Yeah. And and by the way, for everyone listening, Flex has a lot of business endeavors I want to jump into. But yeah, how did you get started on the bodybuilding side? Um, I was always fascinated with muscle coming from a country of Wales, just to throw that out there. You know, people think I'm from Alabama, but <laughs> from Wales, the UK. Oh, man. That's um, I know. I, thought, I, I, know. Thought, I thought you were from Kid Alabama. a lot of dreams there, right? <laughs> uh, I, I came to this country when I was 19 for the first time. Uh, but the, so the, the, the passion for bodybuilding started, I think subconsciously at a very young age, you know, my uncle, uh, was about eight years older than me. He'd watch WWF wrestling. Mm -hmm. So I'd sneak down, stay in my grand grandparents' house and I'd watch wrestling. Uh, at that point in time, it was like two, three in the morning because it was too violent for TV. Okay. And watching Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, all these, that era, early nineties. Yep. And I think that kind of, as I said, subconsciously put something into my brain. That, that you wanted to be freaking huge. I, I don't know. I think it just was an interest. And playing rugby, and I've 
always been an athlete all my life from a very young age. Flex is a nickname I've had since six years old. Mm. So nothing to do with bodybuilding. And uh, again, that, that kind of led my path towards, well, I would say rugby built my frame up. I'd done rugby, I run for my country. Um, I was a sprinter, I done 100 meter sprints, I played in the wing. Wow. And I played for a very high level rugby too. And my path was really destined for rugby. Were you, you know, like, to, sorry to cut you off, okay. but were you one of the few bodybuilders who was like an athlete before that? I think there's several. A lot of guys have transitioned from football from injuries. Okay. But rugby, they put you on the weights very young. Yeah. Because there's no pads. Mm. So you got to have a very tough physical structure and have it's a very physical game i love the game mm -hmm. but um how it goes full circle at 19 i was in the gym powerlifting i seen a bodybuilding poster on the wall the the gym owner said listen if you do this show mr wales it was a bodybuilding show i'll give you a free gym membership right and i I'd done so many sports like i said gymnastics track and field rugby i said how hard can this be to this day, hardest diet, hardest thing I've ever done because I bought a Flex magazine, went to the local store, picked it up, looked at it. There was a diet in there. I was like, oh, this is not, this can't be hard. And literally I followed the, I would say the bones of that diet and dissected pretty much all the carbs from it. Nobody, no, no um, coach or anything like that. It was just me, myself and a magazine and mm -hmm. the guys in the gym giving me kind of pointers and Fast forward, I ended up jumping on that stage. I was like, this is it. Uh, you know, there's no, there was no dream of me standing up there in a pair of Speedos from a very young age. It was more <laughs> the fascination from bodybuilding. And then I guess I won my first show. I was done. Mm. Um, walking to the car with my parents. I had won the Mr. Wales Junior and the Novice class, big classes. Bodybuilding is very popular okay. in the UK. And this gentleman follows me to the car and pretty much says, hey, you need to do the British Nationals obviously representing your country, Wales, against England, Scotland, Ireland. Right. Um, give the whole brave heart speech in front of my parents. And I was <laughs> like, you know what? Yeah, represent Wales. And he asked me who who had uh, helped me, me with my diet. And I said, I've done it myself. So he offered me. And uh, that is my coach to this day, 19 years later. Wow. I believe in loyalty. I believe the grass isn't green. And you'll see that with everything I do in life. You know, obviously people come and go. Don't get me wrong. But if you've been loyal to me, when I eat, you eat. Mm, I love it. So you you win this bodybuilding championship young. You finally get a coach after. You, you had mentioned earlier wrestling. Mm -hmm. Did you not have any ambition to try and get into wrestling at all? Well, funny you should ask that. After I won the Welsh, there was a gentleman that started blowing me up on email about coming to the United States. And I was like, this guy, who the hell is this guy? Who, who wants to bring somebody to the United States? Come to find out, again, full, full circle story. It was a gentleman called Ed Connors who purchased Gold Gym off Joe Gold. Mm. So the Gold Gym you see right now in Venice, he started that franchise up. He was he was head of franchises and he ended up flying me out to the United States and um, I got to stay in his house. And literally, I walked into the room in the house where there was a a lot of other athletes stay in there, wrestlers as well, bodybuilders, kind of like a frat house in a sense. Yep. Well, well kept a on frat house. the beach in, <laughs> in Santa Monica, yep. multi-million dollar house. Um, and literally, uh, I asked, you know, I'd love to get into wrestling. And he told me, well, funny enough, the guy who was in this room prior to you used to work for me on the front desk at Gold's gym. He's just gone into a competition called tough enough. 
And I asked who that guy was. And that point in time, I, that name would have flown over my head. But come to find out years later, I moved in as this guy moved out, John Cena. Oh, wow. So, of course, wrestling was mentioned. I asked, what's the chances of me wrestling? How tall are you? Five foot six on tiptoes. And <laughs> he was like, no chance. And for me, Ray Mysterio Jr., who's also a Vegas resident, who's okay. been to the gym, he's a flag flyer for us short guys. But he said, nah. It's, it's not going to happen. So my dreams of being a wrestler were cut. <laughs> and, and Ray Mysterio was also like lean and like just yeah. flying all over the place. I'm smaller back then though. Come on, bro. Okay. All right. <laughs> I didn't blow up to 260 at that point. <laughs> Five, six, 260. That's yeah. what you got to at your peak. Yeah. I'm like 210 right now. I've lost since I think I seen you last. I probably dropped about 20, 30 pounds. Yeah. Purposely. Yeah. You definitely have dropped weight. Yeah. But, but it's, it's, you, uh, it you're looking good. better though. Like I think I feel, I feel great. Yeah. Um, obviously there's a purpose to this. What's the purpose now? Longevity and, and uh, health and wealth, you know. There's a lot of different buckets to take now. And my goal was to be the best bodybuilder in the world. Yeah. And that comes with a daily monotonous craft of food, you know, consumption, which we can get into, which is ungodly. Yep. Um, training once to twice a day. Rest is my most adequate um, a lot of these things I fought hard, every category, in fact, because I don't like to rest. I don't like to sit still, as you, mm-hmm. as you know from the short time you were around me. Yep. I like to go, 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 which is not good. Yep. Like a baby, a bodybuilder grows when he sleeps and rests. Mm. Um, food consumption, seven meals a day. You know, I was eating at one point in time, 10 ounces, eight to 10 ounces per meal of any type of meat, steak, chicken, turkey. Mm. What about raw liver? Never done that. But, I, I, I got I got Liver King coming on here in a couple of weeks. Yeah, he hit me up. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's going to come over to the gym and yeah, he's definitely yeah. coming to the gym. I'll he's come. Yeah. I'll come when he comes and we'll, we'll all lift together. Not that whatever time you disclose to the fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get a pump in. Yeah, he cracks me up. He's but. uh, that I will say this: like, love the guy or hate the guy, whatever it is, he has done an incredible job of building his brand up. Oh yeah. Really and you good. cannot knock that. You know, a lot of people, you know, we're going on to, to, you can say about Jay Paul and Logan Paul and stuff like that. I think people hate people just because they've got success, but they don't realize what it takes to stay in front of your feed mm. and your content you're producing and all the small little things that are so time consuming. Um, you know, again, people just hate people just because, right? Yeah. And Liver King for me, I don't know. His story is ins and outs from what I do know. Um, you know, he's done a great job of branding himself. You know, how long the, the ride will last for? I don't know, because it's a, it has to be evolution to everything, right? Mm-hmm. Was he going to triple his liver intake every day or what? But, you know. I, well, I'm going to find out when he's here. I got to I gotta know the real story of just. Get it out of him. How all this came about. Yeah. Because to me, it just blew out of nowhere. Yeah. Anyway, it's not about liver cancer, it's about flex liver. Let's go. <laughs> Let's keep this about flex, Everybody baby. doesn't know me. I'm a ball buster shit dogger. So, uh, yeah, anyways. <laughs> okay, so back to flex. Um, <laughs> so obnoxious. No. Tell me about, you know, you, you mentioned they don't know the the amount of work it takes, right? Yeah. People don't know the amount of work it takes for my business to get to where I've gotten, you know, way before social media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you, you briefly mentioned your amount of work you put in to become seven-time Mr. Olympia. Like, what was a normal day for you like? back at the peak it's kind of evolved over the years because now i have my daughter who's now turning seven tomorrow right during that time uh, pre-prep uh pre sorry pre my my daughter um 
I used to think, oh my gosh, I have no time. But then when you have kids, it's like, oh, you really realize just. <laughs> now like, I have no time. Like, yeah. <laughs> what was I talking about, you know? But let's just say as it's most recent with my daughter. So I would get up, I would do my cardio. Um, by the time that I've finished all my, my cardio, I'm straight into emails and calls. I try to do as much as I can whilst on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. And then um, get stuck getting my daughter ready for school, take my daughter to school, head straight to the office from there i work until my first my my first uh training session mm-hmm. so that is working on all the brands the business you know doing this is now or when you were competing competing oh wow yeah so so you you know working out and all that stuff was yeah like i mean you were going full-on business i'm too. very hands-on with everything i do yeah so i'd work with my videographer my editor on on getting the right um post image video out editing micromanaging certain things so just basically all your your uh pics are photoshop never i know <laughs> if there's any photoshop photos any photoshop photos it's because i am done it because yeah. i would do them better <laughs> but uh yeah there's there's a few of them floating around nothing to do with me but and in between all this stuff too there's there's meal consumption too right so i am literally staring at a plate that's got to be the hardest part <sighs> Mate, it's like not- the workouts i feel like everyone likes working out like i enjoy working yeah. out like that to me doesn't seem like the hard part well my workouts weren't likable okay they were horrendous but they were not as hard as the meals right i would literally look at meal one and it would take me so long and i would just just eat it so slow with a spoon i would chop everything up so fine and small just so i can shovel it in and water it down why not just like blend it? Did you ever do that? Many times. <laughs> I've blended chicken breast and rice, steak and rice. Yeah. The the stuff I had to do to stay on top is, is you know, things that I never want to even go down again. But when you don't have an appetite, you got to find a way. Right. And I literally have drunk chicken breast and rice with ketchup. <laughs> There's wow. been many times. So... We're talking now, if we speak, you know, going back to the story, we're talking two meals in, I train, I have a very heavy carb shake, mm-hmm. which has probably got about 150 grams of carbs in it right? with aminos and everything else. I finished that. I have a protein shake. An hour later after that, I'm in the office again and I'm being reminded to eat my first, me- my, my first meal after working out. So that's three. And then as the day goes on, um, depending on what we're shooting, if we're Again, remember, I had a 9,000 square foot private facility. It wasn't open to the public. So what you see at the, the Dragon's Lair right now, I had in Boca Raton, the exact same style. It's you, great graffiti. You, read, you rented 9,000 square feet just for yourself? Just for content and for me to remain the champ without distraction. Wow. So that's a, and, and, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a significant investment. It was, but... Um, Why'd you need 9,000 square feet though? Like you couldn't- I own, you couldn't a, gym, do- I own a gym equipment company. I wanted every single piece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, couldn't you have just got like, you know, a garage gym and had enough? Go big or go home, right? I, I think I'm you know you. me becoming friends, you'll soon realize that I don't do anything by half measures. <laughs> you know, if I'm if I'm going to train, I'm going to be a bodybuilder. Hey, you know? I'm, I'm not hating on it. I'm just no. keep playing devil's advocate of people listening. Like, yes. why would you need 9,000 square feet for no one but you? Well, <laughs> there was, it, it came with a lot of perks. I'll tell you what. I have a lot of, VIPs that I was able to open the doors for that came with big fan bases, right? crazy audiences that couldn't train in regular gyms. So having that door opened 
give myself and that person an hour and a half, two hours to network, to talk. Yeah. And to become, you know, friends and yeah. you guys do things together. It pay for itself. It, it 15 times over, 20 times over. It's like me in this studio. It's like, why do you need this? You know, big of a studio. Well, cause it will. Yeah. I, I've talked to many people right there on this couch that, you know, we've ended up doing things. Yeah. It, my point. So I guess, um, there's the stereotype with bodybuilding that I, I can't stand. I, I've never wanted to fit the stereotype. I've gone the complete opposite. I'm, I'm pretty much covered up other than shorts, which show my calves and my forearms. And you never see me in a tank top walking around. Uh, even today, you know, I'm wearing a jacket, which I'm going to take off soon because it's getting hot but, in the studio. But why not just freaking? <laughs> I don't know, mate. I've never been that guy. Um, and I think it's also helped the ability for me to go into different sectors and markets, you know, people know that I, I'm big, Yeah. but because I'm not like flaunting it and, you know, yeah, trying to showcase, Hey, we know you're big in the t-shirt, the three X t-shirt, even though your arm's not out. Um, <laughs> you, are you still wearing three X's? Yeah. Five, six, wearing a three X T. Oh man. I was four at one point. That's crazy. I know. It was like addressing me though. It, my arms were tight in it. I'll take this jacket off so we can. Yeah, take it off. Yeah. It flexes. Is this why you put the music over me? Yep. This is the, the music. Yeah. My, um, that's the three XT and yeah. your arms are popping out. Yeah. The three X. But dude, I, I, I honestly, that jacket hides everything. I did not realize you were still that big. I love that though. Yeah. I love that because it's a stereotype, right? Imagine you and I in a meeting and you see me coming in now with a fucking a painted on t-shirt. Right. You'd be like, oh, this guy. Yeah, but my t-shirts are painted on because I wear medium. <laughs> <laughs> I can get you into 2X soon. <laughs> I can't Who wants to see the Project Ryan happening? <laughs> they just, we'll just another, put another uh, business on the wall. Hey, if I wanted to like get super, okay, so right now I'm 180, right? Yeah. If I wanted to be like 200 bodybuilder, how long would it take? Realistically, yeah. 20, you got to remember, there's 20 pounds on the frame. So if I give you 20 bags of sugar or consistent of a pound each, that puts it in perspective, right? Right. You got to do it over time, mate, because you got to let your body acclimate, your joints acclimate. Yeah. Otherwise, if you're going into the gym and you've, I think you can put weight on fast, but it's not going to be good weight. Right. You know, you're going to lose this little chisel face of yours. I can't do that, dude. I you gotta, can't do that, bro. I've got mine back coming soon. So it's <laughs> like, I'm, I'm actually enjoying the fact that I, my, I got cheekbones. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah. But, uh, how long? Sorry, sorry. Yeah. But like how long if I, if I was like, you know what, Flex, I don't care. I'm okay having a square face and I want to just I, get huge. I would say um, six months for you to be like, for people to be holy shit, a year. <laughs> Yeah, for you to f for people to be like, man, my God, what the hell have you been? But to that point, you have to like go all in every day. Like oh. that's no cheating. That's just. I will say everything that you're doing right now will suffer. Yeah, you can't be all in and still, you know, Film own, podcasts own an empire. And no, do the Even business, the food, close your mind. You're not sharp anymore. Like for me, when I was doing uh, all my businesses, I'd be like, okay, I got to drink an energy drink before I even jump on this call mm -hmm. and I've got, you know, right now with all my businesses, um, just, uh, just over 200, uh, 200, uh, staff employees. Wow. Yeah. In, in all the endeavors I've got going on. So, um, not that I manage all these people I've got. Yeah. But you, know, you gotta be mentally groups. sharp. Yes. You know, I've gotta be. Yeah. Even, and that's just the business and then the brand stuff, like what we're doing right now. And obviously yeah. it's a little bit of a hybrid, but, um, you gotta be on. And now I'm eating like two or three meals a day. 
four meals sometimes. I got to watch. I eat four meals and start blowing up. Really? It's wild. Wow. Because your body is used to being so much bigger that it's like, oh, yes. it's time to grow. It's like, hey, <laughs> feed me. Yeah. It's like, yes, we love you. And I'm like, no. No. Control yourself. <laughs> We're going to 190. We're yes. done with this. 210 right now. I don't want to get any smaller. Okay. 210's yeah, like, yeah. you're good where you're at. Yeah. But I did say to circle back, I did say on the plane, I will help you in any way you want. You've never, you've, it's like you have offered me your expertise and I'll gladly take you on it one time, yep. one day. But um, I've offered yours and uh, offered you mine. And you've got a great trainer, right? I guess still, maybe. Uh, he is great, but we're now just training on our own again. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oops. We'll add that part of it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but again, if you ever need my help, yeah. if you want to put on five pounds, that, that will change your physique tremendously. I'm going to make sure your face stays nice and lean too. Okay. In your opinion, yeah. okay, you know my lifestyle and what I got to do. Um, but, you know, I want to be more jacked and like, mm -hmm. okay, let's just say this. Let's say out of, uh, you know, the, the world of YouTube, I was about to go to a boxing match, you know, and I'm like, yo, flex, I'm going to be exposed. Like, I got to get yeah. jacked and ripped for this match. Mm -hmm. What would you like say I would do? Uh, well, if you had a strength and conditioning coach, which I'm sure you would go all in if you were yeah. to do that, hypothetically speaking, unless it's, <laughs> unless unless it's in the works. Unless it's in the works. <laughs> I'm not pushing any buttons. But um, it's all going to be, your food consumption is all going to be around your training. So there's going to be an element of the weight training. There's going to be fuel for you in a different format to get you through your boxing training because it's, it's high in calories. You're going to burn a lot of calories. So if you're trying to add muscle and increase athletic performance there's this fine line right now if you just focused on the um hypertro hypertrophy side of things and trying to put muscle tissue on yep then the meals that would be programmed in your diet would be fuel your body for fuel your body after mm -hmm. and even just the change in that how many meals are you eating right now a day i eat like three you know main meals yeah. and then two shakes so you're on a, a, a very good routine right now for the right. sound of it Yep. So just moving things around, maybe increasing, you know, to a six meal, whether it was in a shape, uh, format of a, a shake or it came in the solid mm -hmm. or you, you ate four and you had a shake, that would significantly. So here's like uh, what I've seen, and maybe it's because I eat more of bad food, but every time I, I eat more, I'm like, I get soft. Like I'm just like, yeah. I get fatter. Yeah. Is it just because I'm not eating the right foods or what? Well, like everything, there's a, there's a purpose to having a day where you go all out. Right. I truly believe that all my preps would have been significantly worse had I, I probably wouldn't have done seven, had it not been for the coach I've had. He's a big believer in balance in life. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong, me going in to the gym and, and waking up that day, my focus was to be the best in the world, to be Mr. Olympia. When it came to that cheat day, right, it was very hard for me to cheat. Yeah, because you're like, this is going to make me worse. But it didn't. And as many years as I've been doing this, he would still be on my ass about having a cheat meal or a cheat day. He had to force you to cheat. Force me. And I could call my wife right now and she could give you about 20 circumstances plus more stories about how he has literally called my wife at a restaurant and said, FaceTime you right now. I don't believe he's eating. <laughs> Tell him he needs to eat the cheesecake. I'm going to watch him eat it. You've heard the story? 
No. That was part of it. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> he was like, I need them to eat a, a dessert. And if you're at the cheesecake, I want you to have a cheesecake and I want you to see a photo of him eating it. <laughs> because again, I would put so much work in. I'd, I'd be so excited for this day, whether it was a Saturday or a Sunday. Come that Saturday morning, I'd already talked myself out of it. Friday night, I was like, I can't wake up. I'd wake up earlier than, than what I was supposed to. Right. Just to get my cardio session in. Put, really push hard knowing that I was going to have a refeed that day. Right. And then come down to it and be like, ah, I don't want it. Mm. I don't need it. I right. don't deserve it. And I'm on death's door. Like, I, you know, I'm done. Like, yeah. you never got to see me in competition phase. People who was around me call me Prep Lewis. Prep Lewis. Because I would guess that was a little difficult. <laughs> <laughs> He's in prep mode. Just ignore him. Yeah. My cheekbones are out. I had death face. Six wow. weeks out. But um, one thing I will say about bodybuilding that no book, no mentor could ever teach me is it's the, the, the basics of putting your heart back to front and just going for something. Mm. It's incredible. Yeah. That's made me a better fill in the gaps. Businessman. Father family guy, husband, just from me being the bodybuilder from 19 years old now to 38. Yeah. I mean, the amount of discipline you build is so, unbelievable. You know, I tell people that all the time in my career, They're like, how do you balance all these businesses and family mm -hmm. and stuff? And I'm like, do you realize that for eight years I played professional baseball, making $1,200 a month training, trying to run a business, mm -hmm. you know, be married, be away from home. Mm -hmm. And like, I had to balance all these things. It's like, this is easy. This is hooks. Yeah. So, this is over the hill, you yeah. know, of the, the, the mountain you were climbing up was a daunting one, but you know, this is, this is make or break, you know, this, it, what, what is greatness, right? If he wants to say this, what is great? People, people will say, oh, you're, you know, for me as, um, in my bodybuilding space, they say that I was the the, the greatest 212 right but you break the the word up greatness and, and greatness is discipline right you're, you're you're turning up every single day in pursuit of something that in in many cases we might not even get and i've just retired now after doing this since i was 19 wow and i still feel there was so much more in the tank but I retired on top undefeated uh, on my terms not an injury not a coach not a sponsor or whatever wow. else it was on my terms. Um, and uh, I think there's so much more great things for me to do in life that bodybuilding kind of took away from, from, from me, the businesses and everyone else. But on the other side of things, it's allowed me to open so many different doors. Um, and I, because I've never allowed myself to be the cliche, I'm an athlete mentality. Um, you know, my roller index of people are not just in the sport of fitness. Yeah. You know, like, like this podcast, right? Yeah. This isn't a bodybuilding podcast. In fact, I don't do bodybuilding podcasts. Mm. I find them very uh, mundane and yeah. it's the same with things. Like, how can you build 23 inch arms? You know, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like the same story <laughs> you've heard all the time. Talk you about some business. Curls? Yeah. Let's talk about like, let's talk about things that, that a lot of people can really uh, get their, their head behind. Yes. People, you know, recreationally train at the gym. I think that, that right there, getting people to the gym as a, as a business owner is 
fundamental. It it's, it has to happen mm -hmm. to be a better anything. You have to look after yourself first, right? Oh, you have to be the greatest version of yourself. I tell people that. I mean, that's what the wealthy way is all about, right? Helping people live a more balanced, yeah. you know, life and you know achieving true wealth, right? Because yeah. if you get all the money in the world and you're fat and you're obese and you're gonna die sooner, like it doesn't yeah. matter, right? So at the end of the day, uh, I, I always say the reason I can outcompete people is because I'm in shape. Like I take care of myself. I'm at the gym mm -hmm. at 6 a.m. making it happen and you know all that. So with entrepreneurs, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you see a lot of entrepreneurs who work out at your gym. So at, I didn't even realize like basically everyone does, <laughs> you know, it's crazy. Like, why do you think they're attracted to the gym? Like mindedness? Yeah. You know, you, you get to see somebody that is, the gym is a, is a very unique gym, right? I mean, obviously you're training there, but it's, has a lot of athletes, a lot of different celebrities, influencers, so many different new terms and acronyms, when, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. But I think when you've got a like-mindedness and you're looking up in the middle of a set and you've got, you know, somebody that is really big on, 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 on YouTube or TikTok and then you've got somebody that's training for the Mr. Olympia and then you've got somebody with 300 pounds on a, on a weight transformation journey. Right. You're surrounded by motivation. Yeah. And it's allowed, it's allowed the, the, that, that sort of, um, that foundation has now allowed other people to find out about us. And in the short case of a year and a half, right now we're the number one day pass in the entire country. Wow. So we have athletes that are literally flying in for camp and staying three, four months. We've got people that literally moved, moved across the street from other states to be at the gym so they can, you know, succeed in their goals and dreams in life and whatever genre of sport they're in. So we're right. not a bodybuilder's gym. If you look at the Instagram, yes, it can look daunting because that is all, uh, that's the core market of what we They need to take a picture of me. Bro, I actually I've told them you, you yeah, might I, con they might confuse me for that bodybuilder. Like I don't it just probably adds to the problem. I heard my staff asked you and you said it was pretty costly. <laughs> it was pretty costly to get him on. <laughs> You're like left you said, when Flex does my podcast, I will lend my image. <laughs> you may use my image once once he finally holds up his end of the bargain. I don't think anybody's taking photos at four o'clock in the morning when you're training there, to be truthfully honest, you admit so <laughs> I don't even know if you have staff there. The door's just open. I, I do. I do have staff, but none of them, they're, they're taking forward the wrong way around. So, no, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's been very, it's been very uh, unique and, a, and yeah, such a blessing. I mean, the gym is, is doing so great on social and just everything else. Real quick, if you haven't heard, my book, The Wealthy Way, is coming out December 13th. I have been working on this book for years, and I'm super excited about it, and I want to have a massive launch, and I need your help. So, here's what we are going to do. You can actually pre-order the book on Amazon right now on the Kindle version. And the best part is that Kindle version is only going to be 99 cents. Now, this book is a lot more valuable than 99 cents, but I want to get it in everyone's hands. So you can support by ordering it there right now. Now, on December 13th, you can get access to the paperback. You can get access to the Audible and all that good stuff. But that's not all we're doing. If you want to really support and leave a review for the book... I'm actually going to be giving away a free course that I created called Business Builder Academy. This is teaching everyone how to start a business from start to scratch, how to figure out your branding, your products, sales, marketing, everything that I've done to start up all of my businesses, I've put into this academy and I'm gonna give it to you completely free 
as long as you leave a review on Amazon. So think about it. You can go buy the book for a dollar, leave a review, and get a course worth thousands. So if you want to support and you want to get access to that, go to wealthywaybook.com. Okay, wealthywaybook.com. You'll be able to go pre-order it. You'll be able to submit proof of your review and you're gonna get access to that course. So I appreciate all you guys. Let's have a huge launch for this book and change some lives. I'm curious, you know, the economics of running a gym, right? Like how profitable is it running a gym? Like, tell me about it. Uh, So this is the first gym, public gym I've ever opened. So... I just done a conference with World Gym Convention in in, uh, in LA about three weeks ago, and the questions was like, "How can we make our gym so successful?" Flex, you know, one of basically layman's question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I helped them from the social media standpoint, but in terms of getting athletes in through the doors, it's location, location. There's mm-hmm. a reason why I moved from Boca Raton in a closed gym to Vegas. I seen the opportunity. I seen the the, the growth in the city. Um, I'm also sponsored by Monster, so I spent a lot of time out here on the West Coast, and I I lost a lot of opportunity on the West Coast on TV and whatever else. Because you were on the East Coast. Because I was on the East Coast. Right. So when I came here, I'll give you more of a backstory. Myself and my wife flew out here during the peak of COVID, and it was a freaking nightmare. Oh, you moving to Vegas is recent. I I started looking at properties year one of COVID. Okay. Here. Because we were just like, we know we've got something. I mean, just to, again, give you more context. When I had my my facility, because of the growth and because the VIPs are trained down, people started posting and dropping the the geographic location, mm-hmm. the pin. Yep. We had fans turning up on the way to Disneyland, literally landed in Miami, drove an hour to us, landed in Fort Lauderdale. We had people crying on the, the doors of the gym asking to come in. And, and because of the athletes we brought in too. So for camp, I would bring in various different athletes to aid me. Right. And they would stay in the in the properties across the street. And we train once or twice a day. So during COVID, I, I had my private facility. Mm-hmm. But then we realized that, and over the course of, of a number of, you know, a year, we had that location for seven years. Over a course of a number of years, especially in the last year, prior to COVID, um, people were sleeping in their cars outside the gym waiting to meet athletes that were training at the gym. So me and my wife were like, we got something here. Yeah. Now, do we keep it in Florida or do we move it? So when COVID happened and everything shut down, me and Ali were like, okay, let's jump on a plane and see what we can see, you know, in, in outside of the state. And one of my best friends lives out here too. And he's very involved with the, with the city of Las Vegas with, with production and, and stuff like that. He does big stuff. Yep. HBO boxing, WWE, UFC. He was like, come out here. We're going to, we're going to take over. Mm. And, uh, I was like, okay. So I came out to you the first time and it was inconspicuous. Didn't want to see anybody. Landed, took a photo with a fan straight away. I was like, please don't post this. Within <laughs> 15 minutes, it was up. And everybody's messaging, well, you in Las Vegas. Nothing's, everything's closed down. The whole strip was closed, <laughs> which was ghost town. It's unbelievable. It's yep. crazy, as I'm sure you've seen. But um, we looked at for locations, looked at different areas. And then we found the property on the second time we came out in the, the property that we've seen right now along with our house. We looked for a property for the gym first before our house. Mm. And we got in literally on the house. By the time we were here a week, by the time that we left and we were on the plane, two of the houses of the eight were off the market. Mm. And we real, we realized, and this is before that that crazy spike. Yep. We need to move fast in this. We need to do this decision. So we got the house. So we got the gym. We got location. We got the, the house. We got two buildings. So I try to get three. Um, 
What was the question again? I told myself about a bit. Sorry. <laughs> well, you, no, yeah I, yeah, I think it's great. I was asking um, originally just kind of like the profitability oh, of the gym. Yes. Yeah. So, sorry, I got off the point. Sorry. But the the reason why I mentioned the, the World Gym Convention is I've built something completely different and unique. When COVID happened, it was like the perfect storm. Right. Everybody in Gold's Gym Venice, which is full of celebrities. I said I was opening my gym in Las Vegas. I would say 80%, 75% of them moved across from, from, from California to, to Vegas. So I already had social media presence from that abundance of people. Yep. Champions in whatever genre. And, and then, then as they're I said, all talking about the gym, so it blows it up. I am put $1 into marketing to this day. Yeah. Social media has been our uh, everything. So in terms of um, profitability, you know, we're, we're probably going to make about seven figures this year. Wow. Yeah. Net profit. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, net, um, I would, I'd have to go back in the books, but I would say um, high six. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So with a gym, where's the majority of the profit come from? Is it just membership fees? Uh, we have day passes. Yep. We have um, a secondary spend is the store, which is does incredible. The store crushes. The store, the brick and mortar overtakes the online presence. So you have the product online. That's your brand that you're wearing right now. Uh, well, the drag. So again, you got to remember because of the tourism. Yep. People come into the gym. You've been to Gold's Gym Venice, I'm sure, right? I'm not a bodybuilder. I haven't been. Okay. You don't have to be, but. <laughs> Actually, I am a bodybuilder. Yeah, yeah I've been there. Yep. Yeah, I've been there. So, so we'll edit that. You've been, a, you've been in the Gold's Gym Venice, right? <laughs> yeah, I've been there. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> so if people would go to Gold's Gym, myself included, when I got off the plane, I wanted the Gold's Gym t-shirt, Venice Gold's. Right, right. If you're in the fitness space. You got to have You collect them t-shirts. So the same thing with the Dragon's Lair. We've got multiple colors and stuff. And as we were speaking off camera, prior to going on, uh, my wife used to, um, be in fashion so she handles all the store because for me I you know it's going to be black and red that's it <laughs> yeah and all these pastel colors and stuff babe that's not going to sell best seller love it I love so, it too yeah I colors like your shoes yeah and yep. colors like my shoes um sell I guess but that shows my fashion-esque I'm trying to be a lot more fashion-esque <laughs> you're now, wearing black and white I know but I had a little bit of color yeah so you have the dragon's lair swag <laughs> yes. which you say sells a ton yes at the actual gym, yes, doesn't really sell online. No, it sells online, but yeah. but it, but it was the only. Pre so we when I had the private facility, yeah, people were buying the Dragon's Lair swag, okay, without even being able to train at this gym. Right, it said Dragon's Lair, Boca Raton, Florida, and people were purchasing that online. So when we moved it to a brick and mortar store, the online presence still, yeah, was there, but the brick and mortar far out, you know, outshined the the, the online because we've got people coming in and ton on a tangible gift to take back right and wear and rock and again that's another thing that we've been able to scale the gym from from uh just that just so you guys alone. yeah the clothes do well i mean obviously you got a high recurring per month with all the memberships yeah. um you guys, the, you guys have training yeah we've got trainers within that facility we have a uh specialty massage therapist yep i've seen that yep. that called the torture room I, the torture room yeah i haven't been there yet no <laughs> but he's incredible i actually got him from seattle washington i i headhunted him and i told him it's like you need to be a yeah i know you know his business has been able to scale tremendously because he's getting the athletes that he'd never be able to get in right. seattle washington on his table and of course same thing there marketing way so we had uh 
six offices and three of them now, which I could have rented out, are used for stock. Got it. I got my manager's office and then I've got a posing room, which is a crazy entity in itself. The posing room brings traffic into the gym. The posing room is not apart from the, or it's different from the gym, but it's inside the gym. It's inside the gym. Yeah. It's, it's a, what does the posing room do? Well, what it does for me is eliminate people posing naked in my gym. That's one, <laughs> that's one thing. You want to yeah, go pose wanna... naked, you got to pay extra. Yeah, it's over here. Uh, we've got, we've got the posing room, which has been tailored with specialty lights, kind of like, you know, your, your studio yep. here. It is able to, um, allow the athletes, female, male to stay consistent in lights. Now, a lot of people will pause in daylight in a certain area in the gym, but if you have consistency to your light and you know, if you're sending or working with an online coach, you can send them photos. And also the gym that the posing room, excuse me, has uh, very unique mirrors where they're angled from, you know, corners to top. So what I mean by that is if you're doing a back shot or you want to see yourself from the back, you have angled mirrors that allow you to see. So the whole room is full wow. of mirrors. Wow. Yeah. What's it cost to use the, the posing room? It's free. It's part of the membership. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're discovering this? I, I, I don't usually go and pose. There is a camera in there for legal reasons. So <laughs> don't be doing anything funky in there. <laughs> I'm going to go in the posing room. I got to like. I can I, get some B-roll for you guys if you want. Do you want some B-roll? I'll send it over <laughs> to you. He's like, he's nodding. Um, yeah. But then there's another room which you just discovered too. Yeah. So there's a gym within a gym. Yeah. And that is the Arsenal Strength, um, Arsenal Strength uh, uh, showroom. Yeah. And the Arsenal Strength showroom is completely different color scheme to to the gym, the Dragons Led Gym. Um, in fact, it's two different color schemes. It's literally cut down the middle where we have a matte black to showcase you know, the standard color. And then on the other kind of split in the room, the other side is. Why would I work out in that one over the normal gym? It's, there's no, there's no public access in that room. Oh. Yes. It's just for, it's a showroom for, um, just for potential customers or cust pre-existing customers. So we, we uh, fly our sales team in cause we don't have a, a sales team on the West coast. We fly them in. We have back to back meetings. We just done a, 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 a big sales day Okay, a couple of days ago. Customers for like training. That's customers for, for gym equipment purchase. Oh, for gym equipment purchase. Yes. Yeah, so the purpose of that room, to, to give you more context than that too, is uh, having the gym owner come into the gym. They get to see the dragons there, which everybody loves. They all want to look, everything to look like the dragons there. Most of these people are in my space anyway. So they get to train, see their favorite pros, go into the pose, in, into, the, um, into the showroom without any distraction, get on the pieces because they're, they're kind of our top 20. Yeah, yeah. And then they'll train on them, feel the pieces. And then if they want to go into the gym, which a lot of people don't want to go in the showroom, they want to actually train in the gym, in the energy, in the atmosphere. But if they want to stay in the showroom, they can have that private experience. And our sales st staff will talk them through the equipment. Uh, various pieces and, and whatnot. But also the, sh the showroom has enabled me to, which I don't want to really put this, but I'll fuck it. Um, <laughs> allow big name athletes to come in and train because yeah. we have a side door that brings people in. So this, this is, I mentioned in this person and I'll leave it there, but we've had about 10 names that I can mention, but one only because he's posted Yeah, Tyson Fury done his last camp okay. with, with Dante Wilder in, in the, uh, Arsenal, uh, strength training room. Right. Um, he was very COVID worried 
because uh, the last fight got cancelled. So somebody told me he lost like 40 million. Wow. On that fight because he was allowing his team to go out and party whilst he was a monk and everybody brought back COVID to the household that he was staying in. So the fight got cancelled. Stupid. So they were all grouped together. They couldn't leave each other's sights. Wow. He was on it. So they would all come to the gym. He would train. And I will say this. Since since we're on the subject, Tyson Fury is probably the most professional athlete I've ever dealt with. Mm. Um, and when I say that, I've got friends who are athletes and they match their beat to their own drum, you know. And and punctuality to me is a massive badge of honor. Right. This guy was at my gym at ten fifty every day for eleven o'clock start, mm. and he told me prior to hit him, he called me and said, "Hey, I'll be there eleven o'clock." So I was like, oh, "He'll be there eleven thirty, twelve. Yeah. 10.50. I'm at the back. Can you open up the door? It's like, gee, you're, 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 <laughs> you're early. You're at the right place. <laughs> and I will say this also. Um, we have a lot of mutual friends. Um, my grandfather used to do business with his family back in the day as well. Um, gypsy kind of business stuff. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> you know, buying and selling horses and whatever else. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so we have a lot of mutual friends and um, he was like, hey, Flex, do you want to mind? Do you mind if we go and take a picture at the front? I was like, like, what a gent. Yeah. What a gent. Absolute superstar. Hasn't forgot where he's come from. His feet are on the ground and he's got the same people around him this day as he did 10, 15 years ago, which I love. Yeah. The grass is not Similar greener. to you. So tell me about the gym equipment business. So, yeah. I mean, like in, in the showroom, you have your gym equipment company. Yep. Arsenal Strength. Arsenal Strength. Like what kind of revenues is that company doing? Like how long you had it? So 2015 is when we started up the company. Uh-huh. Um, and we were literally, it was a conversation myself and my partner had. And I was traveling the world at that point in time with my sponsors in bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. I come back and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. Let's fucking go. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on a minute. Yeah, he's like, let's go. Let's do this. Because he was with a pre-existing company prior to that and he had some issues and he realized after the pep talk we had, I was like, everybody is there because of you and your relationships. I'm not in the gym equipment space. I was kind of there to put the ewer, you know, bug in his ewer. Yeah. But as I said, I come back from a month tour of Australia or New Zealand from when I was with Gaspari and he was all in. So 2015 is when we started and the, the company has now been able to, uh, well, we were actually using a company to make a manufacturer of gym equipment with our own blueprints mm-hmm. and um, our patent equipment. So we hired engineers, we started to grow and grow. We outgrew our uh, manufacturer and then we purchased a manufacturer. So we're based in, in, in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. Prideful in saying, made American steel, American made, made by athletes for athletes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yes, it's, it's a lot more costly to have American steel. So the price points kind of, and the points, you know, yeah. are a little bit different than going overseas. Yep. But the consistency of steel separates us from the rest of the pack. Right. The longevity of what you get and the pieces and, uh, the consistency of, um, every single piece coming out of the, the manufacturing plant. Right. With a stamp of approval, as opposed to buying something overseas and, such inconsistency with steel, which a lot of people don't know about. You know, there's, there's, you could buy a, a $200,000 order and it's come from three or four different plants. Right. And the steel has different organization. So, um, right now we've been able to scale significantly. Um, 
we have 180 employees there. 180 employees. Yeah, with all with everything under the umbrella of my, we have TG, TGC, TGI. I'm sorry, and um, uh, there's a manufacturing plant that's that has its own um, entities to it too. So when we purchase the manufacturing plant, they have external business yeah. that uh, you acquired. Yes, they you know so pop chips. They pop the, chips, yeah, yeah. yeah they, we, they make the the components for pop chips, the bags and stuff. So, wow, yeah, and that's like that department. Nothing to do with with Arsenal, yeah. But so I'm Arsenal only, but the manufacturer, um, anyway. So I mean, how I mean, this company's huge. Like, mm. how much in gym equipment are you guys selling? Uh, we're doing well. <laughs> I don't want to watch. I got to watch my. Is it? I don't want. It, I don't want any any cousins hitting me up when they find out these numbers. <laughs> Long I mean, distance. The revenues. I mean, obviously, are at least eight figures. Yeah. Are Are they in the nine figures of revenue? Uh, I think if we was to, if we was to scale, there's a couple of things going on right now, and I think within, I would say, realistically, like a year and a half, two years, you could be there. You'll be there. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. We're we're doing very well. Yeah. The the issue. The issues we're having right now is demand, keeping up with demand. It's a good problem. It's an incredible problem and it's a very frustrating problem because we can't, being in Knoxville, Tennessee, Yeah, I think we've hired every single welder that's in the in the freaking yeah. state. Well, the problem is like, you're like, man, should we go overseas because we can't manufacture enough here? Or automation. Yeah. Do we we've, just we've, outsource it to yeah. somebody else? And That's so, we've looked at having a um, West Coast facility Yep. Vegas has been mentioned to have a kind of the best of 20 in abundance. Right. So then if you have a, a gym that's like, or a gym, a uh, home gym, that's, yep. Hey, I only want a leg press and I want this and that. Okay. It takes it off the line. Right. So say somebody puts in a, you know, since we've already mentioned it, $200,000 order and somebody puts in a $20,000 order. Yeah. Or let's just say somebody puts in a $6,000 order. Right. That goes in the line and gets treated exactly as if it was a small or a large. Right. So it slows the line down, you know? So, um, and we're very blessed and very grateful for everybody's business, but the blessing in disguise for us was COVID. Yeah. Cause we were able to significantly scale during COVID and, um, cause everyone had gym equipment, nobody could get anything. So yep. our lead times were, were at about eight, eight to nine, 10 weeks. Right. I know they were, they were pushed all the way back to 20 something. Just like everything else. Then everything Supply else. chain. Yeah. And then steel issues and everybody, yeah. everybody's like, oh, steel prices are going up. We don't have much steel. It's like, no, we've seen your yard. You're going to have steel. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the gym equipment, obviously, that's probably your biggest business. Yes. Um, the clothing brand. I mean, you're wearing it right now. What's yes, it called? Culture. Culture. It, it really matches the the moral integrities and uh, the values of, of who I am. So culture is CLTR. Culture, loyalty, trust, respect. Keep your circle small. Yeah, so the, keeping your circle small and kind of like exactly whatever you've done, you know, it's culture to me is everything. Right. You know, I, I noticed straight away your your incredible signage here in the office. Mm -hmm. You had no egos. Core values, yeah. Core values. You had Play a lot fair, of different things. Train daily. That that resonates with yeah. you. See, I, others. I come in, I'm all eyes. I'm looking, I'm seeing, I'm absorbing, and I'm like, wow, I like this. Yeah. It doesn't live up to any of them, but <laughs> <laughs> it's all for show. Joke, joke. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. No. So uh, when did you start the clothing brand? It's it's honestly relatively shiny new, okay. shiny, shiny new. So we're having our first, uh, we had a soft launch. Yep. 
and we're we're now having um this this obviously the, this uh fall is going to be the majority of our big push our first push all right well you know i need triple x jackets so whenever you got a couple extra ones hanging around i actually have a box fit yeah that's my size you just train too early i've said that like so many times it's gonna get old <laughs> no but i do i do have a box for you i do have a gift for you okay yeah i appreciate that yeah what size are you dude i don't want to say on camera but i truly am like a medium large it just depends okay i got a, i got a large okay but i can change whatever you need no i'm gonna fit in the large okay the large is good i will put that that offer up to uh up yeah. to the plate yeah we'll, we'll put that 20 pounds on you you know if i if the large is if i'm swimming in the large <laughs> then we just no, know i gotta good. eat more food it fits good and and then that's you know again how i came about starting this up my my wife was really fed up of me moaning about clothes that i couldn't find any fitting in yeah i was also a little bit bigger but i'm i like to be stylish and i like to have nice yeah i mean look at this, this beard is well trimmed the hair's on point you know looking good yeah, thank you same for you bro yeah um i like the beard too it's coming together nice this is my patches of hula hand beard <laughs> we'll work on that too if you want <laughs> we can put some ginger in there <laughs> there start, we go start uh having the accent like me yep but um no so so my myself and my wife um we went and, and done this right so it took us about a year yeah to, to do and we work with some incredible so we we went and started looking at what we needed to do step one and, and that was hire somebody that literally took a company from a garage into a, a, a seven a seven yeah seven seven figure company before right. she exited so we hired her mm -hmm. so we acquired all her manufacturing uh options and relationships right so we're working with guys that uh produce stuff for lululemon flabletics etc so we we done everything Right from the get-go, we didn't want to just work with anybody off what it would be. Uh, what's his name? Ali. What the hell is it called? <laughs> Alibaba? Yes. <laughs> that guy. Uh, I lost my trail of thought there, but Ali. Alibaba. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we saw, we, we sought after the best people, and, and now we've got them relationships, and we've been able to now move into different sectors. And it's just a, another startup, one of three I've got going on right now. Yeah, I, um, you know, I had another big time mr olympia jay cutler in yeah. here and legend great guy and we were just talking about you know you know training and all that stuff and then business and how he kind of pioneered the way for a lot of bodybuilders to start monetizing their image and um, he's got a supplement brand now yes, too um and i know supplements extremely high margin yeah a have you done supplements i actually have a signature line with a company in italy okay so it's a different world. It's a, it's a very saturated world in, unfortunately, everybody's got a supplement company unless you have a name or you have something that, that shines. And it'll you know. explode. Yeah. That was actually sponsored, one of my first sponsors. One really? of my other sponsors, yeah, I was with BSN and I was like the face for BSN for seven years after wow. Ronnie Coleman. Yeah. Same me young. But with Jay Cutler, he's got the name. Yeah. He's got the following. And one thing about Jay is, if you look at a very early Jay Cutler, he was the cliche, right? The rag tops, mm -hmm. the tank tops. Yeah. And then he evolved to them being the guy with form, you know, nice fitting clothes, back to front hat. And then he's evolved into what he is now. So he's never stayed stagnant. He's yeah. always evolved. And right. he's always been 
and one of the main reasons why I love Jay is he's always pushed business, bodybuilding is business to him. So when I when you have a pioneer like that within the sport, that's the person I gravitate to. So Jay's a massive inspiration to me because again, he showcased from a from a very young age. Mm. And when I was getting into the sport, he was pumping out DVDs and he was telling VHS, me about that. Yep. The money I, that so I I pumped out DVDs at a very young age. I mean, I was making on DVD sales. I would say again, I wasn't a name. I only won yeah. Mr. Olympia yet, but I probably was making on my drop first week. I probably put out forty thousand in my first week, and then <laughs> by the end of the year, it was like you know eighty ninety from, from DVD sales. And, and it cost you weren't me, even anything yet. I, and it cost me two grand to make. <laughs> yeah and what were the sponsors paying back then like what is no what is no explode like oh my god we're gonna upset a lot of people watching this a lot of bodybuilders hey it's all good That's business what we so i went in with that in mind so i was with a company called gaspire nutrition for a number of years and rich is still a big brother to me incredible guy yeah uh the unfortunate thing is for for my scenario with him was i was being offered some ridiculous money yeah. But other sponsors and he was like 10X. Yeah. So I, I was like, hey, and I stayed there two years. And and as the company was in this transitional period, like I said, this is kind of being the last year. I st just started dating my wife. She came in, she had kind of a ruthless attitude. <laughs> she's like, it is what it is. She's like, babe, you know, I'm seeing this from the outside in. Your loyalty is your problem. Yeah. Two years in and it's nothing changed. So BSN was one of the, three or four companies that came to me and um i came I, I went out of contract so legalities you know you know there's nothing i could do now but you know it's eight years but more than that we had a meeting in boca raton which was literally down the street to me at the time and um they put a contract in front of me i looked at it i was like oh my god so <laughs> i said life-changing really i slid it back you slid it back i went home i told my wife she's like this is going to be the best or the worst thing ever. I went back in. The numbers were juicy. Like they, they increased <sighs> it a lot. Did you say? Again, the beginning of my, my, I'll tell you this. One of my bonuses alone was a hundred grand. Okay. And what was it like just for winning Mr. Olympia or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's one of them. And then I got a uh, bonus for every show I done. So I competed in. <laughs> How many shows you want me to do? <laughs> I probably made, I probably made in bonuses. With with other my other sponsors too, um, just well maybe just one, but a half a million just in bonuses. Right. And then my contract. I mean, my contract per month paid more than what I won the Mister Olympia. What does that pay? I don't even know. Sixty. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, Jay. Uh, I remember him telling me about the DVDs he was sending out. Like he had his friends and family shipping, shipping DVDs them, yes. from his house. I, know, I was like, I holy know. crap! But He's like, guy. people still buy the DVDs yeah. today. He, I know I've, I've got a, we just cleaned my, where my, my storage unit and there we discovered about oh, a few thousand, <laughs> a few thousand. I've got, um, what's it called? North stone and two and one, North stone and two and two, the Welsh dragon, all of them had names. And as the years went on, I actually invested more money into the DVDs, but I mean, you put in like what I put out on content for YouTube right now was yeah. pretty much what we were doing for DVDs because there was no YouTube back then. Right. So I'd obviously film more of a duration. Yeah. And it was a lot of story to it. But uh, yeah, the, the, the DVD sales were, were great because I think out of the door, packaged, wrapped, barcode was like a dollar. 
It's a dollar. Yeah. And you're selling it for what? 40 bucks. Yeah. 30 something, 40 bucks. Yeah. So yeah, times have changed. You know, social media has changed the, the good and the bad, right? You just have to evolve. You can't live in the past. A lot of these old school guys that are coming from the 90s, they're like, oh, I, I, I you know, social media, this and that. They didn't want to jump on and now they're like, shit. It's kind of how I feel about TikTok because I just got on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> You'll blow up quick. I'm trying. I'm trying. I, it, it's a lot of fun. I'm realizing that the main reason why I stayed away from it was kind of like what most people do, right? This, I, I thought it was kind of a different app that was just going to fizzle out. Yeah. And then I realized that more of my friends were getting on it and not dancing. And not like making normal content. And yeah. then I see you on there. Yep. <laughs> You're like, all right, if he thinks it's good. And it's it's kind of like the old Instagram days, right? Where it's, it's not as, I would yeah. say, what, yeah. what would be the term? Mm, it's not like, I guess, corporate yeah yeah i've been stuck at that number i have for a long time yeah and nobody can work out why because i get 30 something thousand followers and then i get twenty eight thousand unfollows yeah makes no sense weird it is weird super weird if you're watching this guys and you know how to do <laughs> hit me up in the comment section no, <laughs> no but it's it's uh again you mentioned jay right in the business side of things he was a massive pioneer for me and when i transitioned into me coming from wales mm-hmm. and with the the entrepreneurial mindset that I had from a very young age. Right. It was a, it was a segue into, into business. Cause, um, I don't know what time, if we got time or not, but yeah, my, my entrepreneurial, my entrepreneurial sort of mindset started at a very young age. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my dad worked in steel, just retired after being in uh, steel for 40 something years. Ironic and, that you ended up back in the steel business. Wild. Yeah. Wild. And my mum, yeah, actually, I've never actually thought about it. But it's not the whale steel. No. It's actually, yeah. But, um, and my mum was a nurse. And unfortunately, because she had uh, this gentle hips, she was retired very young. Mm. And she was mentally ready to keep working, but physically. So I see my mum deteriorate significantly over the years. Right. To the point where it was a massive motivation for me to make money, to help my mum. Mm-hmm. Um, Seeing my mum literally cry, walking up the, climbing up the stairs to go to the restroom, the toilet was very painful as a young kid, you know, mm-hmm. and I couldn't rely on rugby for me to get myself out of, you know, the, or create this fortune. Yeah. So at 19 years old, the same time as well, 18 years old, I started bodybuilding, but 18 years old, I started up my moving company. Um, and I grew that significantly to the I, point. I didn't even know you had a moving company. <laughs> yeah, to the point. Yeah, I know you have, you know, your own stories in yeah. flipping and stuff. Big catches. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I started up at 18, 19 years old, 18 years old. And I grew it uh, significantly to the point where I had um, three young businessmen in the awards, an award of Prince Charles, mm. Kef, a CAF scholarship. Don't ask me what CAF stands for, but I had a CAF scholarship. <laughs> and uh, I grew that and... The branding that I had was pretty much who do you want to show, who do you want to turn up at your house? These guys, us, clean cut, yeah, shaven uniforms. Nobody was doing that. And also, because I'd already been exposed to whatever it was, I seen, um, um, what is it, uh, FedEx trucks, you know, the, 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 the UPS, the black, yeah, black truck, yeah. So 
FedEx, well, FedEx trucks and UPS trucks and the uniforms they used to come out in. I don't think they, they wear them anymore, but they used to have a brown mm-hmm. uniform. Yep. And I was like, wow, look at that. That, that is, that's sexy. You know, that is what you want. Yeah. Turn it up at your door. Yeah. As opposed to these guys who are wearing, you know, fucking Kappa and Adidas <laughs> and whatever is in Puma or whatever else was in fashion back then. Yeah. Turning up and, and, you know, looking like scruffs. Yes. Also, because the town I lived in is a very blue collar steel mining town, renting a huge truck was not really practical. Right. And they would fill a quarter of this truck up. So what I done was I seen the size of these trucks, same style, the FedEx, the, the UPS, and I purchased a small van and I grew that very fast. Mm. And I charged charge per load. And I would really pack that load into. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, I, I grew from word of mouth more than anything else. So no matter what I put in, in the ads of Yellow Pages, no matter press I had, word of mouth was my was my money. And I was able then to to grow um, that business to the point where I, I got in with the local council, I got in with the NHS. So I was working with the NHS, which is National Health Service, where they wanted a bed, moved from one hospital to the next. Crazy, obviously. You get these contracts, crazy contracts. Companies to do it. They'd pay me something stupid to move a bed to there, to there, and it was sometimes in the same building. Yeah, to the other side. But what I never realized about you is you were such an entrepreneur first and foremost. So, you know, and then bodybuilding was just a way to be entrepreneurial in the same way that you know I just I do social media as an entrepreneurial endeavor to you know get business and, yeah. and do things. So the the business aspect of bodybuilding. Sorry, the business aspect of going into bodybuilding, had I not known that there was, you know, that big component to it, I wouldn't have gone into it. <laughs> it wouldn't Because you, you went into bodybuilding initially because you just wanted to compete. And, and I wanted a free that. gym membership. That was the same timeline. <laughs> so it would just t- transitioned off. And then when I won the British Nationals and I went to the US and I got to see, you know, Gold's Gym and got to see Santa Monica and I got to see Venice Beach and... You know, you got to remember too, I come from a small town in Wales. Mm-hmm. I love, my, my town is is incredible. It's taught me so many core values, but going to America, there was perceptions, right? You know, mm-hmm. and having walked into the firehouse, which is connected with Gold's Gym, mm-hmm. a lot of bodybuilders eat there, famous people eat there. And I'm having breakfast on my first day and there's a chick sitting next to me in a bikini. I thought this was, this fucking country's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Bikini and pancakes? <laughs> Sign me up for this. I'm going to live here. So then I went back home and I started saving and working to make my next plans of coming out here. So um, I lived off my savings for a long time. I, I literally moved with a friend, trained at Gold's Gym every day and nothing happened. That was the gym that everybody told me to be at. And then I heard whispers about this gym called Coliseum Gym, which is owned by a, now a member of my gym, Mila Sachev, a good friend of mine gone full circle it was his gym and that's where all the flex magazine photo shoots would take place and i mm-hmm. literally got in the four or five got in my friend's car one o'clock in the afternoon hit that freaking four or five rush hour traffic no clue we ain't come from wheels yeah and i was like what the hell is this got the full attendant like 7 p.m at night walked into this gym and it was literally a photo it was a magazine mm-hmm. there was photo shoots going on it was the best pros and it was kind of full attendance not it's not, you know, it's not off the beaten track, but it's not, it was an industrial area. It right. wasn't next to a beach. Right. You didn't have superstars walking around the gym, like, you know, Hollywood superstars, mm-hmm. but you did have the best in the sport. Wow. And I was like, I need to be here. 
So I literally became friends with a guy and within one or two days of me communicating with this guy, I was like, I need to be there. I need to be, I, I, I know we're new friends, but I got to move myself up there. So I slept on a sofa for a year and a half. Wow. People don't want to hear these stories. No. I had this crazy su successful moving company, was able to get everything I ever wanted, pay, you know, for, for things and, and look after my parents and then give it all up to come to the US and sleep on a sofa because this new dream of mine was burning. And I knew I could be the best, even though Ronnie Coleman was the best bodybuilder in the world. You got to remember, kid, 190, Ronnie Coleman, 290. <laughs> but I truly believed I could be the best. And um, it took some time, you know. But I also didn't want to go back to Wales with my tail between my legs because my mother and father were always welcoming me back home. Tell every time I spoke, hey, you know, yeah. you ready to come home? No, you won't believe this. I had a photo shoot today. And it was the small one to two things that I homed in on as opposed to the 10 things that weren't going on right. that got me through them times. So I've always thought this way, but like in my mind, I've always said, I'm going to be the best at whatever it is I'm pursuing, right? Sometimes you come up short, sometimes you hit it, but nonetheless, against all odds, like I truly believe I'm going to win. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to be the best. <laughs> same thing you're talking about absolutely where does that confidence come from i don't really know because my mom and dad are not the same people i am mine either and i think it's because of that reason that i've seen my my mom and my dad answer to the man mm -hmm. sign into a boss that don't give a shit about them right and see my 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 dad especially working in steel you know his boss was that company was sold three times over and that company was then based in India. And my dad was just a number that worked for X amount of time and was taking this much wage. So where does that confidence come from? I think it's the, the, the thought pattern of trying to improve my life and also my family's life. And nobody else is going to do it but me. It's you know, on me. Yeah. No, a thousand percent. For uh, me, what I, what I have realized in my life is each time I stack a win yeah. and do something that people thought I couldn't do, yeah. it gives me the confidence to do the next big thing. It's a deep question to answer, I think, because also I grew up with a, a really bad speech impediment. I couldn't say my, my uh, what was it? I used to have a lisp. Still mm. there slightly, but, you know, if you asked me at, <clears throat> at a very young age or, Got, you know, I was, I was able to see into the future and that, and I was being told I'd be speaking to tens of thousands of people mm -hmm. with confidence. Yeah. I'd be like, you're fucking nuts. There's no way. Because I was jacked a lad in circles, but then new faces. No, my whole life is new faces. I yeah. have to walk into the room and make myself available, introduce myself Mm -hmm. if they don't know who I am. But the majority of the, the rooms that I'm walking into now, everybody knows who I am. So I have to pace myself with that same energy from the first person mm -hmm. or working an export to, I'm very blessed to have a two, three hour line of people. And I talk to every single one of them. Yep. So the person in the back is going to be pissed off until they get to the front, but right. they get the same amount of time and the same amount of energy. But I'll tell you this, my wife tells me all the time, she's like, I don't know how you do it, but I don't know how she does what she does too. But for me, I love doing what I do. I genuinely love talking to my fans, my followers, um, and genuinely giving a shit to what they have to say. Not a robotic, right? same answer, question asked, tech, you know, whatever answer given. Um, I love asking questions, if they've, especially if they've got kids 
I make the, the kids feel part of whatever experience their parents are. Because if you speak to the kids and you, you spend time with them, not only do they have a lasting memory about you too, but the parents are going to walk away and be like, wow. Because if somebody made effort with my kid, Mm-hmm. And I remember all these people I'm friends with that are, you know, big, big in their own sports, big in their own genres that have made an effort with my daughter, Adi. Mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, you moved to my favorites on my list. <laughs> <laughs> I like that person. <laughs> you get a star. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, I'm going to be looking at the star at Dragon's Lair. I'm, I'm waiting for my star and, uh. You know, I'm going to go in the posing room. I'm going to use all the resources now. I might even come at nine o'clock and, and see someone, you know. Wow. Make my presence felt there. Not the skeleton shift. <laughs> yeah. At least you keep dust away in the morning. Exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. But, but I, I do love the fact that one thing I will say about yourself when all of you was watching, we had a conversation about you coming to the gym mm-hmm. and you're a man of your word. Mm-hmm. And I like that. I didn't have to chase you. I didn't have to say anything. You hit me up and you're like, hey, I'm going to come to the gym. And there was some sort of either miscommunication where I missed something. And I say, what, what, I, I, you can excuse me on this, but you probably remember this better than me. But I was like, when you coming in, oh, I've already joined. <laughs> yeah. I was like, bro, I'll, I'm, I'm going to look after you. No, I've already joined. You got to look after your friends. Yeah. I was like, dude, that's, this is a good dude. Appreciate that, bro. No, there's a lot of other things I can say, but. You know, gotta keep, gotta keep you humble. We'll, keep it, keep it <laughs> well, guys, make sure you follow my boy Flex, especially on TikTok. Uh, it's always good seeing you, bro. We'll get a lift in. And uh, guys, thanks for watching. We'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Thanks for watching all the way through on this podcast. It means a lot to me. I've also done another interview that I think is going to be super helpful for you. So make sure you watch this one now coming up next.